All right, what do uh, James Harden, Floyd Mayweather, Lamar Jackson, DaBaby, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Ja Morant, Lil Baby, Trey Young, A Boogie, Dwayne Wade, Teron Matthew, and Cam Chancellor have in common? Brad, do you know? I'm pretty sure they all wear Habits 365. That is right. They all wear Habits 365. What is Habits 365? It's a New York-based apparel company that encourages the practice of positive habits 365 days a year. They believe that clothing has the power to represent your values and serve as a constant reminder of how you choose to express yourself. Me and Brad have been sponsored by Habits 365, and Brad just got his shirt in last week. Brad, what, is, what about that shirt? It's so great. Listen, this shirt is super comfy. It's super soft. It's dry fit. Which was which was kind of a surprise to me. I didn't even look into it before I got it. But right. It was a dry fit shirt. It's got a super nice logo on the front of it. Super clean. And I mean, I'd, I'd wear it all the time if, you know, I didn't stink it up all the time. But. Right. I got a hoodie on the way. I'm going to let you guys know how that feels. But because me and Brad are sponsored and because we love this product so much, Habits 365 has decided to give Four Quarters Listener a special offer. If you go to Habits 365 and buy any piece of clothing and type in Four Quarters 2, you get a discount on anything that you order. That's Four Quarters 2. Quarters is all capitalized. The number four all caps quarters, the number two. Let's go quarter one, Brad. You ready to just start, jump in? Yeah, I guess I'm ready to jump right into it. After a really, really bad week for you. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough seven days for me. Yeah. I'm on my Shannon Sharp vibes. Do you know why? I mean, I do know why, yes. Because yeah. we're handing out fresh L's. Fresh, hot L's. The Pats go down again, and it's really nobody else's fault but uh, Cam Newton. Don't ever say that again. Really? Don't ever say How can you blame... Everything that has happened to the Patriots on Cam Newton, when the only problem he had in that football game on Sunday was the fact that he fumbled in the last possession. Yes, I know. It's a big deal. He should be able to close. He should be able to finish the game. Right. But give the dude somebody to throw the football to or even to run the football other than himself. He is the only reason that team has two wins. Well, this goes back to my point that I've been trying to make like all year. The only reason Bill Belichick signed Cam Newton was to appear to be competitive. This team is tanking. Let's make no mistake about it. Julian Edelman has a surprise surgery in the middle of the year and nobody ever knew he was hurt. Come on now. All these players opted out. Brady doesn't speak or Belichick doesn't say a word about it. Never talks about it. Says Jarrett Stidham might be his starter. Then goes gets Cam. Trades away pieces, just accumulating picks right now. This team is tanking. They're looking for a quarterback in the first round. This team is going to have a high first-round draft pick. They're going to get a good quarterback like Trey Lance, and then they're going to go on and be, I don't know, a dynasty for the next 10 years again. This team, and pay, and this is what I've been trying to say to everybody, Cam Newton is not the future of this football team. He's not. He's a year, maybe two on this team, and then he's done. Yeah, but I want to go back to how you opened up this argument with Cam sucks at football. No, no, no. I didn't say The reason that the Patriots are losing. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. This loss, that fumble, that's what I'm attributing on the fault of Cam. He doesn't suck at football, but he's not good at anymore. He is on the decline of his career. He's not the same quarterback. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in two games and hasn't thrown over 150 yards in two games and has a four turnovers in two games. But I just want to know how you can put this. Yes, I get it. He fumbled. I'm not saying I'm not saying you cannot put this whole loss on Sunday on Cam Newton. For the majority, yes. For the majority, yes. Majority for the whole thing except for the last football play. For the majority, yes. He doesn't have a lot of receivers, but neither did Tom Brady and Tom Brady took this team to the playoffs and the same team to the Super Bowl two years ago. Not the same team. Damn near. The receivers are not. The receivers are the same receivers he has now. Julian Edelman and a bunch of other guys. 
Yeah, but the other guys that he had are still better than the team they have. I forget. If I could find it right now off the top of my head, I would. But I'm pretty sure he did not have anything above, like, a third-round pick on the field with him. See, this is the thing. Cam Newton just gets nothing but nothing but excuses, nothing but breaks. When this guy is just not someone who elevates others around him. He's an athlete playing quarterback. He can run. He makes some good throws. He's an average NFL quarterback. We just give Cam Newton all these breaks, all these excuses. Can we just admit he's okay? He's okay. Yeah, he is okay. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, I shouldn't but give you that. he's not great. He's not a Hall of Famer. Never said he was great. He's a good quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. I like the first line you said that. He's not a Hall of Famer, and he's not going to be on this team either next year or the year after. He's not the solution for Bill Belichick in this Patriots team, and he's decent at football. He's not great. Give him some weapons that will make a difference. That's all I got to say. Give anybody weapons that will make a difference. You can say the same thing about Sam Darnold. You can say the same thing about Tua. You can say the same thing about Justin Herbert, Joe one, Burrow. You could say it about Dwayne Joe Haskins. Joe still winning, too. You can say about Dwayne Haskins. No, you can't. Dwayne yes, Haskins can. is awful. If you gave Dwayne Haskins better weapons than he had in Washington, he would be better than what he showed. I'm not saying he would be a franchise quarterback, but he would be better. If you give guys weapons and they're still bad, they just suck. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins had Terry McLaurin and then practice squad guys. So does Carson Wentz. Has practice squad guys. So, so we can't pretty keep much. So does Cam. Cam does not have practice squad guys. Nikhil Harry was a first-round draft pick. Okay, he was, yes, but he has not played up to it in the slightest. I don't think Cam's playing up to the expectations everyone had for him going into New England. And this is what I tried to say No, but you couldn't start. have super high expectations on him when he missed two years of football. Yeah, but you were, that's what I was trying to tell everybody else. How is this all of a sudden your argument? I told everyone when, we signed, when they signed Cam Newton, he's not going to be better than what Brady was. He's not going to go 12-4 and four and win a Super Bowl. Why? Because if Brady couldn't do it with those weapons, Cam sure as hell is not going to be able to. And he hasn't played football in two years coming off an ankle surgery and a shoulder injury. And I tried to tell everyone that Cam Newton was going to be a real disappointment in New England, and everybody told me I was crazy. Because they're 2-5 and five now, so they can't go 12-4, and four, and they're one win away from having to win eight straight games. Yeah, but I still think it's not all on Cam, and I still think a lot of the... Okay, maybe it was a little bit of hyperbole to say it's all on Cam. That fumble was bad, and he's underperforming. Okay. And I'll he has admitted his job is on the line. Yeah, he knows that. I mean, he went right. off the field crying, but you also have to realize that it's not just him realizing that I'm it's not, him. It's like there's a whole team right there, and nobody is performing at all. Their defense is trash, too. I don't care what you say. That whole football team is awful. The whole football team is really, really bad. That team looks really bad right now, but Cam is never the answer or never was supposed to be the answer. I think he could go somewhere and be pretty good, but he's not the answer in New England. And I think everybody is just – we overhype Cam so much every time, every single time. And well, I think the only thing that's been made clear is that he needs people around him. Maybe not maybe not great people, but always he needs something under, more than what he's got. Always underperforms. Always. He's had one great season. If you take that out, he's a decent quarterback. He's better than decent. He's decent. He's better than decent. He's an athlete. I'll give him. He's one of the best athletes to ever play quarterback. But he's not a great quarterback. Well, that's a take I can get on your side with. He's not a great fundamental pocket passing quarterback. But we can talk about Cam all day long because we argue about it twenty four hours a day. But we're gonna go to Raiders pounce on the Browns. I don't know why you said pounce because they're the Raiders. You could be like, ah, oh, the Browns get raided and steal. Listen, I don't. Ropes, I, I don't do th- the puns like you do. I'm not. Okay, yeah. I wasn't trying to be clever. I just first thing popped in my head. Anyways, but Cleveland does suck, and I'm really glad we're talking about Cleveland because this was a game where Cleveland could have put together two wins in a row and looked like an actual playoff contender, but just 
here again, the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. They lose to the Oakland Raiders because the Oakland Raiders are an actually good football team. They're the Vegas Raiders just now. Excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders. Regardless, you understand what I'm saying. When Cleveland plays a good football team, they lose. When they play bad football teams, they dub, right? Washington, Dallas, and the Bengals twice now. So there's their four wins. Yeah, I mean, I was never – so my picks this week, right, I picked – Cleveland to win. I don't you know You did. Why. I don't That's know one of the few games I have gotten right this week. I don't know why I did that because I did that that one guest podcast on Thursday or whatever. Guy talked, your, even, guy talked your ear off. Yeah, that he did. But even in that one, I I was smart enough to pick the Raiders because I just figured Cleveland's Cleveland. The Raiders are actually good. If you look at the teams that they played against, like their losses, I mean, I'm not going to call a, a loss a good loss, but they're acceptable losses because they were the teams that are – um, well, but if, but here's my thing. You talk about acceptable losses. The Cleveland Browns have the most swagger for a bad football team that I've ever seen in my life. But I think they've always had the most swagger for a bad football team. Since right. Since I got OBJ and Jarvis especially. Can we stop, though? Because if you're going to have this swagger, you need to beat some good teams. You can't lose 38-7 to Pittsburgh. You can't lose to Oakland. And who else have they lost to? Uh, Cleveland? I don't, I don't remember who else they've lost to, but I know. Here we go. We got it right here. They lost to Baltimore, they lost to the Steelers, and they lost to the Raiders. That's it. Okay, so they've lost to two of the best. They've lost to three of the best teams in the a- in the AFC. Right now, I think the best teams in the AFC are Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, and then you can throw in Las Vegas and a couple other teams like that. But three top AFC teams they've lost to. And they've lost to two teams in their own division already. And they want to walk around and ask for respect. We ho- This... Th- it's really just my disdain for Baker Mayfield because after the Bengals game, he was like, oh, he was bragging and excited and celebrated and dancing and, oh, I want my respect and this, that, and the other. Bro, you beat the Bengals, and it really it sh- was a struggle. It was a struggle. They're 1-2 and two in their last three games. They got trounced in Pittsburgh, struggled to beat the Bengals, and then lost by 10 and didn't even score a touchdown. Three, two field goals. No, it wasn't a very entertaining game. No, to it was begin boring. With. There was a lot of field goals, yeah. lots of field goals. Well, we're going to move on from Cleveland and how irate they make me. Let's get on another team that makes you pretty irate. You're going to have to bleep out. You, you, you can bleep stuff out, right? Yeah. You know how to, okay. The Vikings are fucking insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get a game right, bro. I can't, I can't do it. Like, I don't understand. They're playing the Packers. The Packers are really good. They just come off a loss. I'm saying, okay, there's no way the Packers are going to lose two in a row. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay is going to trounce his division rival. And the Vikings will play like they could win a Super Bowl. Dalvin Cook is an animal. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's rewind here. Let's not say that the Vikings play like they could win a Super Bowl. They played their balls off. Dalvin Cook played like he could play a Super Bowl <laughs> yeah, Dalvin, by himself. Dalvin Cook played like Superman. And granted, the only redeeming quality on Minnesota is I have Dalvin Cook on my fantasy team. 57 points last week. So, chef's kiss to that. But other than Dalvin Cook, the rest of the Minnesota Vikings can shove it. Because I cannot pick their games. They're 2-6. and six. I'm 0-8 picking the Vikings. I'm 0-8. I even got their bye week wrong. I'm just wrong on the Vikings all the time. So, listeners, if I pick the Vikings, pick someone else. Pick anybody else. Yeah, I should have learned that one. And I even I didn't even think I mentioned that a couple weeks ago where I was like, oh, if you're going to pick in that game, I should always go opposite. And it seemed like a good decision. It, it was the Packers. I mean, you know, you see the Packers, you see the Vikings. It's the Packers. the Packers. I thought they the Packers. beat them last time. They put up like 40 on them. I was like, all right, they got this in the bag. And then, lo and behold, 
the Vikings end up beating the Packers by six, and I'm very disappointed in it. Also, I'm having a really, really, really bad week in Pick'em. I don't I'm think either doing, of us are doing well. I'm doing terrible because <sighs> Panthers let me down, typical. New England let me down, typical Cam. And then if you really want to talk about, you know, the Titans just lost to the Bengals. That one doesn't surprise me as much. I'm not as surprised, but I was surprised to see this, the point differential. I didn't think – Tennessee clearly is not what we thought them to be, which I was kind of on board with throughout the year. But Joe Burrow really is looking like he is the future quarterback. He looks like he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for a long, 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 long time. He's doing the same things he did against college guys to NFL people. I mean, there was one throw to T. Higgins yesterday that really just made my jaw drop. Yeah, I've really liked everything that we're seeing out of Joe Burrow. Um, I, I'm not even surprised by it. I mean, I guess I am a little bit to how how big, how much of an extent like it, it is, like how well he's playing. I knew he would come in and play good football. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He won a national championship with an LSU team that is clearly awful. And not necessarily he made the difference last year, but like he definitely helped make them a good football team. Yeah. And he just carried it over. And, I mean, they haven't had the easiest of schedules either. I mean, and they're in debatably the best – debatably one of the best divisions of football. I'm not going to say the best because I think that's in the NFC West. But So I'm 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 not surprised with Joe Burrow. I'm not surprised either. I mean, I thought he wouldn't be this good, maybe not even this early, but he's definitely showing that he was worth a, a number one pick. And a number, another top pick quarterback, Tua Tugavailoa, got his first start this week and wins, but... I would say the Dolphins won more than Tua won. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say I give Tua zero credit for this game, but it's very hard to give him much because threw the, for 93 yards and I a mean, touchdown. The, well, the Rams were awful. The Rams lost this football game. I don't even know how much of it you can give to the Dolphins. Well, winning. when you give up a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown, that's bad. Well, and Jared Goff threw two picks and fumbled the football twice in the first half. Yeah, this is the idea that Jared Goff is just bad at football, which I'm starting to lean more towards. I've, I've never, never been a Jared Goff guy. I was a big Jared Goff guy when he got drafted. I thought he was going to make a difference in uh, in L.A. now that it – before I think he got drafted when it was St. Louis. But I was high on Jared Goff, and I'm starting to look really stupid. But I've it's nev- cool. I've never been big on Jared Goff. I just think – I mean – all right, he did throw for 355. Yeah, that's a great number. But he's turning the football over, and then there's a lot of times when he doesn't throw that. I mean, he's got two good receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And, I mean, their running back used to be a lot better, so they had help, you know, in the backfield. But now you, I, you, he's not a guy you can rely on all the time. I mean, we've seen it. Like, they, you know, they lose to the Dolphins, a lot of it being his fault. Last week they beat Chicago. He had a great game. I'm pretty sure you go back – a couple weeks before, and they lost another game, and it, it's his fault. So it seems like every time they're losing, it's not because anybody else. I mean, that defense is ridiculous. That defense is disgusting. I, I mean, they, they started the, the game. They started the game with a fumble recovery for a touchdown, or not a fumble recovery for a touchdown, but they started the game with a fumble recovery that led to a touchdown. I should say. So that defense is great. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They got two linebackers that are coming on, and a couple other D linemen that are playing really well. And Tua for the record, got absolutely trounced that first possession. Aaron Donald got the strip sack, and then someone else came and depleted him. So Tua got his first hit. But the real story I want to talk about in this game is less the Rams and less the different ways that the Dolphins scored touchdowns and more of Tua Tagovailoa. 
And I'm going to say something that's really not going to go over well to a lot of people. Tua is going to be a disappointment, at least for this season, and more than likely for the rest of his career. Tua is a good quarterback. He's not bad. He's incredibly accurate. But he's small, has some real injury history, and he thinks he's more mobile than he is. Whenever he got out of the pocket and tried to scramble at Alabama, he got hurt. And he can't continue to do that in the NFL because they're bigger, faster, and stronger. So if he tries to be the same guy in Miami that he was at Alabama, he's going to do what? Get more hurt. That's kind of the way my brain is working right now. I'm not saying he's fundamentally a bad quarterback, but he's going to be pretty disappointing for this first season. Probably he's not going to be what we all hyped him up to be for the rest of his career. I'm not fully sold on Tua yet. I'm just not. Well, he's played one football game. Yeah, but it was pretty disappointing. I mean, if we look at Justin Herbert, his first – I mean, let's look at the other rookies now. Joe Burrow in his first game threw for 300 yards. Justin Herbert was thrust into the – like right out of the frying pan into the fire where literally they received the kickoff and they were like, yeah, you're starting. And he threw for 240 yards and almost beat the Chiefs. This is off a bye. Fully, like, knew fully well that he was going to get a start. Played the fourth quarter of their last game. So just loads of time to prepare. And he throws for 93 yards. So that is a bit of a signal to me that he's not up to the same caliber as Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. He'll probably be about the third quarter best quarterback to come out of that draft class. I mean, I agree, just because Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Whoa, 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 let me, yeah, okay, third best, yeah. Yeah, third best, yeah, third best makes sense, because Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are both in that class. I don't, I don't think you can right now. I think Jacob Fromm's going to be better than him. I'm kidding, I'm joking. I just wanted to see Okay, hold on now. Okay, no. Two will be the third best quarterback, for sure. Okay, but for me, it's, he only played a football game, so the the rest of this season wouldn't surprise me. I don't, I don't like him starting, I don't think he should have started this game anyways. Does it change the outcome of the game, him and Ryan Fitzpatrick starts? I don't think so. I think they would have done more offensively if Ryan Fitzpatrick played. But that's just me. Who knows? Because Ryan Fitzpatrick usually falls off after the month of October anyways. But I don't think that you can come out and say Tua will be bad forever. Because this team is set up very well for the next few years in the draft. Because they've just been getting draft picks out the wazoo because they've just been bad and just been reeling them up. Right. But and so I think that gives them potential to maybe build something around him. I also think this this might come as a hot take, but I think that Miami between Miami, the Chargers, and the Bengals, Miami has the third best weapons out of those three teams. Um, I can, I can I can get down with that. I mean, the Chargers have Keenan Allen and uh, no, the Chargers I think have the best the, weapons. Yes, of all they three do. Teams. Now I do think that the Bengals' receiving core is better than what we gave them credit for last year, just because last year they sucked. But with Joe Burrow, that receiving core looks all world right now. Um, but I will say that the outside of Devontae Parker, Miles Gaskin, and Mike Gesicki, there's not a lot. And Gesicki is not even that good. He's pretty good. But there's not a lot to is working with. And I think the reason that um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not starting the rest of the year is that that would be more of a win-now move versus a let's keep rebuilding. Because everybody assumes that once you draft your franchise guy, then you're done rebuilding. And that's not the case. You're pretty much rebuilding with your franchise guy for most of the time. And I don't think a lot of fans understand that. 
So even though the Dolphins have what they think to be their franchise quarterback, they still have a couple pieces to go. A better O-line, a better pass rush. They already have a good defense. They went and got Byron Jones from Dallas, which was a, one of my favorite offseason moves. So they still have pieces to go, but it's going to be a lot more pieces that are going to be needed for Tua to succeed than Burrow or Herbert, in my mind. I think Tua is going to be good, but I think he's going to be closer to Teddy Bridgewater than he is to Russell Wilson. I can see that happening. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a bad quarterback, but he's going to be a guy that can win you games. It's really going to come down to what Miami's able to do with him there. Yeah. Versus, like, just getting in the guys that he needs. Not that he needs, but just, you know, guys that can play the game and fit the scheme that they're trying to run with two at quarterback. I think if they can do that right, he'll be fine. Will he be great? Hall of Famer? I don't know yet. I can't say that. I mean, we've we've seen him not play one game. Much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't. You, we can't comment on Hall of Fame this soon. But for a one guy that is probably definitely really going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, New Orleans beat the Saints, but the Saints got slapped. Now, I really liked that. That was pretty clever. And uh, for those of you who don't know, please go on Twitter and watch this. Um, what was the guy's name? Stephen Wims? It was something Wims. Yeah, it's something Wims. And then he's a bear, he's a scrub bear receiver. He's not really that good, but. If you watch, there's a run play going on. Oh, Javon Wims. Javon Wims made his boxing debut in uh, Chicago yesterday. If you watched the game, there was a run play. He's on the outside blocking. He walks up to a Saints DB, snatches his chain off, and then punches him, just throws an absolute haymaker. And then open-fisted throws another bomb. And it seems that the only smart thing he did was learn to not throw a closed fist at a metal helmet and do the open hand the second time. But other than that, what in the absolute hell was he doing? Do you have any idea? Now, I've heard a couple, you know. I've heard the, the mouth guard yeah. one. Well, I heard the mouth guard one. I heard that somebody said that, what was it, he, sna- what, he snatched his mouth guard and then spit at him? Is what I heard was why he did it, why he just came up to him, and I mean I didn't see that. Nobody saw that. Nobody was, knew what the heck was gonna happen. I just think it's weird because I'm pretty sure there was a couple days before that where they were fighting too. I forget who it was. Missouri but, and Florida. No, I, I'm pretty sure it was, that, it was in that same game. They were still like tempers flaring or something like that. I'm almost positive. I ain't gonna, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure. And then I think there were a couple times. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. It was it was hmm. it was that same. Allen Robinson got into it. Or no no no. Uh, it was that same corner when somebody and put poke, tried to poke him in the eye. Yeah yeah yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. it was. And then it was like two three plays later this <laughs> happened. So I was like maybe it had something to do with that. But then I realized the receiver was different. I don't know what this the guy who doesn't on. even has doesn't even have a touchdown on the year a catch I don't even think just came up and was like like you cut G and just rocked him. I ain't even mad though. I kind of liked it. I mean it was hilarious. It was my funny. favorite. My favorite thing was was it Gardner Johnson's reaction after the first hit, where he just was just like he was like what what what's going on? He and had then, no idea. He was confused as we were. Yeah, he saw it and was just what? Yeah, why? Yeah, that was odd. But anyways, back to the game. Saints beat the Bears, and the Saints struggled. And I'm going to talk about the Saints in quarter four. With my thing is, but the Saints don't look good right now. No, I mean they've been without Michael Thomas all year, so they've really been in a sense, one-dimensional. Because right now, Drew Brees is not the Drew Brees that we're used to seeing. He's not slinging that rock around like he used to back in the day. And they don't really have any receivers. I and mean, Michael Thomas is not playing and still not playing, which is really, really weird to me because at this point I feel like he should be healthy. I want you to understand that it there's nothing that keeps me up at night more than the fact that Michael Thomas is not playing football because he's now been sitting on my fantasy bench for eight weeks. Do you think this is not really him being injured? No, I think I honestly think he's going to get traded. 
Really? I think something something is up in New Orleans that we don't know about. At first, when those rumors started coming out and everybody's like, oh, you know, Michael Thomas is going to get traded. The Saints are done with him. I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way. It's Michael Thomas. You know, he's one of the best receivers in the league. If not the best. Well, why would Julio they, get, Jones why the would they get rid of him? Whatever. But now seeing is, yeah, he had a high ankle sprain. It doesn't take this long to come back from that. Then he had the altercation practice. He had another altercation practice this week, which is why I think he didn't play again this week. So I think he's Is he becoming, turning into another Antonio I was Brown? about to say, I think he's following this A-B path. Hopefully he realizes it before he puts himself too deep in a hole, as A-B already did, that he needs to just let go of whatever ego he has and just play football. I think we're going to go from don't pay running backs to just don't pay skill players, but we'll come back to that later. It's more like don't pay divas. That's all i got to say. Yeah, don't pay divas. Now, the next game that's on our list, I'm going to wait on because I really want to talk about it. Save it. The, I want that as like a best for last type of thing. But the Chargers blow a lead to the Broncos, and this is becoming a habit for the Chargers. They're almost like the Atlanta Falcons at this point. They've lost four games with 20-plus point leads, and I can't really wrap my head around it outside that maybe it's time to move on from Anthony Lynn in L.A. I think he's a good coach, but there's a lot of time that there's stepping stone coaches. I think Anthony Lynn might be a stepping stone coach because Joe Burrow is clearly talented enough to win them. You mean Justin Herbert, but yes, I agree with you. Yes, Justin Herbert, my fault. I just had a brain fart there. But Justin Herbert is clearly talented enough to win this team football games. And a lot of people are actually putting the blame on Justin Herbert. I think it's more of the defense. We get They're really conservative with this rookie quarterback. They're really conservative as a defense, especially when they get a lead. And I've always been against getting conservative, even with a lead. Keep being aggressive. So I think maybe it's a look at Anthony Lynn. But other than that, I really don't know what this is. Well... Yesterday came down to they really hurt themselves towards the end of the game. Like you said, they got way too conservative. I mean, it was eight minutes left or something like that, and they're running the football on first. I mean, I get it like, you know, first and ten, whatever, every now and again run the football, but you can't do two straight run plays, try to pass on third down, hope to get the first down. Then you get the first down, then you're running the ball again first and second down. You can't do that. You can't expect to win football games. You start to play conservative. Instead of playing to win, you're playing not to lose. I have always and hated nobody that. Nobody ever wins that. when you do that. Always it doesn't matter. That. I don't care who you are. You're the best team in the world. If you play not to lose, you're probably going to lose. Probably. Now, oh, Brad, I'm so happy. It's been a really good week for me. One, because the Patriots lost. And two, because the Pittsburgh Steelers are 7 and oh, and I want to say this to your face. Here we go, Steelers. What's your excuse now, Brad? What is your excuse for this team? You cannot tell me that they're not a top five, top three, top one team in the NFL right now. They're seven and oh. They beat two teams that everybody told me was a test. They told me the Browns were a test. That was 38 to 7. I did not tell you the Browns were a not test. Not you, but people. Everybody was saying the Browns were going to beat me, dub. Everyone was saying that the Titans were going to beat us, dub. And everybody was saying that the Ravens were actually going to beat us by like 14. They were a 10-point favorite in this game and lost by four because Lamar doesn't know how to play from behind. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the best football teams in the NFL right now. And I know a lot of this is my bias coming out, and I'll admit that it is because I had to deal with last year with everybody clowning me. And I was told this team would go 6-10. and 10. This team is 7-0. and 0. So tell me now, Brad. What's your re- what's your what's your excuse? I'm I'm still gonna stick with the same excuse I've had. I don't think. Yes, okay. The Ravens. The Ravens. That's nobody. The Ravens and Titans are nobody. Well, if you let me finish, you're gonna hear what I have to say. Okay. okay. The Ravens are the only somebody they've played and they beat. Now, 
everybody's on the same page. Not everybody's on the same page, but there is a lot of conversation about how the Ravens are not the same team they were a year ago or two years ago. I do want to talk about that. Which I am on board with. I do not think that they're the same team from the past two seasons. I agree, but the Steelers didn't... Here's my thing is why I'm so high, excited about the Steelers. They did not play... They played a bad football game. Yes, they, they played one terrible. of the worst they should, football... They shouldn't have won that game. Right, but they still did, which is nothing but a, if but a good sign for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that they can play not at their best and beat one of the best teams in the NFL. But I will say Lamar Jackson has had his – the two times he's played the Steelers defense has had his worst performances in his NFL career. He has seven turnovers against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's inordinate. That's so many. Well, I mean, they've, they've just forced him to throw the ball more. Right, but I think the Steelers have kind of a blueprint to execute to beat Lamar Jackson. I mean, Mike Tomlin said it. They respect him. They do not fear him. Yeah, I mean, you have to. But but the defense has a solid game plan against Lamar every time. I mean, he plays the worst against the Steelers than he does any other team. So do you think there's a kryptonite with Lamar? Do you think there's a key? Like, do you think this league is kind of figuring figuring out how to beat Lamar now? I don't know that you can say that they're figuring out how to beat him. They still are 5-2. and two. They this... did, And their two losses are to the Chiefs and to the Steelers. So let's not... Let's not get on this ride that they're a bad team. Teams are figuring They're not out. a bad team, but they're not. The reason that I think Pittsburgh's firing able to, on all cylinders right now. The reason I think that the Steelers are able to play him so well is because the Steelers see him more than any other team does, except for the other teams in that division. But the Ravens are the only other good team or great team in that division. So, and the Ravens have a good enough, or not the Ravens, the Steelers have a good enough front office, a coaching staff around them to where they're able to figure out a game plan that'll actually work. That they're able, they're able to figure, yeah, exactly. And the, Ravens, and the Steelers do have a good defense. But let's get back to my 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 excuse here. All right, we're gonna call it excuse because excuses aren't good. But this is what I'm down to. They're seven now and really proving me wrong. Excuses are the tools of the incompetent. But here's my excuse. Like I think that, that the Ravens are the only team that they've beat that I can give I can give them a lot of credit for. All right, the Titans, I will give them a little bit of credit. Cleveland, I give them no credit for, and the other teams in their roster, I give or the other teams in their schedule, I give them no credit for. I think with the way their season has gone, with the teams that they've played and beat, such as the Titans, who I just said was the second best win I can give them, who also just lost this past weekend to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are better than their record shows, dude. Yes, let's, let's. But I think that the teams that the Pittsburgh Steelers are beating, if this was college football, right now with the way that their season's going, at the end of the year, they wouldn't. They're not gonna. They wouldn't have a number one seed. They wouldn't have a number one. This isn't college football, but I know it's not. You're not. You don't stumble into seven and zero in the NFL. You just don't. And I, I know. I know their schedule. Their strength of schedule has not been great. But in the NFL, it's a different breed than college football. College football strength of schedule is vastly important because the difference of skill between colleges. Well, yes. And if and we talk the about NFL, are different. right? But if we talk about NFL football, you have to come to play every single week. Yeah. We're seeing it right now. The Giants are beating the Bucks. Not anymore. They're down 15-14. Okay, well, they're still keeping it. You understand what I'm yes, saying here, though. If you're not ready to play, you're going to get popped. We saw it with the Packers' loss to the 1-6 and six Vikings. We saw it with the Bucks, who kind of str- just are now struggling with the Giants. The Jets almost beat the Bills. There's plenty of examples where if you don't come ready to play, you can lose to a bad football team. It's not impossible. This is still the NFL here. And I think if they go 10-0 and through the next three games, dude – it's getting really hard for you to tell me that this team's bad. Now, they can hiccup against the Bengals. I can see it. But we got Ben DiNucci next week. We got a rookie the week after. And probably not even Gardner Minshew the next week because he's hurt. Now, you're telling me if they go 3-0 and against the DiNucci Cowboys, the Jaguars, 
and I don't even know who this in the Bengals. Okay, I'm not saying And they get it, to 10 and 0 with one and a half impressive wins. I have to consider them the greatest team in the league. I'm not saying you have to consider them the greatest team in the league, but Brad, you can't keep saying 10 games in a row is an accident. I don't buy I can't buy I'm not into, trying to say I can't it's an buy accident. into that. I'm not trying to say it's an accident. What I'm trying to say is they haven't played anybody. An average team through these 10 games would not go 10 and 0. No, because they would have had to play the Ravens. And the Titans might have gotten a win if they came to show the up. The Texans are better than their record, as are the Eagles. And you can't lie to me. Once they got Bill O'Brien out of there, they're playing better. They still got destroyed by the Green Bay Packers. That's the Packers. That's a Super Bowl contender. They just lost to the Vikings. All these connections, they all add up. and I can So just... transitive property is what we're just chalking this hey, up you to. You were the one who brought up the transitive property for, I think, a Redskins game a couple weeks ago. So I don't, don't even remember. I do, because I know you've said transitive property before, and that's a big word. <laughs> and I would remember that. All right? And I know you said that. All right. All right, but you can't sit here and tell me you can't keep telling me the Steelers aren't as good as they are. They're seven and zero now. I'll give them good. I'll give them good. And top, I'll give them top five. You can't I, yes, tell me I'll they're not them, top, yes, you five. top five. You have to give them top five. I will not give them one. Two. I'll put them at three. Who is better than them? I like the Chiefs and the Seahawks better than them. Mm, I cannot argue with the Seahawks. Although they just lost to the Cardinals. They did. Anyways, I think the Steelers could actually beat the Seahawks, but that game. That would be an awesome game. I would game. love to see that game. Seahawks-Steelers in the Super Bowl would just be perfect. But yep. that that's a pipe. That, yeah, that's a long Who way. we got to get there first. But I think the Steelers are definitely a Super Bowl contender. And I think I'm so excited because what of what happened last year just as a Steelers fan. But that's it. That's wraps on quarter one. Um, I actually do want to talk. We had trades in quarter one, but just for con- time constraints, I want to slide that to quarter three. Yeah, I want to I want to talk some NFL trades in quarter three. But quarter two, college football, coronavirus. Trevor Lawrence is out. You have something on here that really pisses me off, but we'll talk about that later. But Clemson holds on, and I would like to say, I tweeted out from the four quarters Twitter that with t- Trevor Lawrence out, we have an upset chance on our hands with Boston College. I have a theory. I Every have a single human being that came in contact with that tweet, which was like four, told me that Clemson would be better. I sound like Skip Bayless right now. I don't really like it. They told me they would be better with this um, DJ U- U- Ugalele or something Ugalele. like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's just like two. It's just as hard. Yeah. In, DJ. England, DJ? It's just DJ. This true freshman quarterback, they told me that this was going to be a better football team without Trevor Lawrence, which I scoffed at. And they almost lost. They almost lost. Now, it's still Clemson. They fought back. They came back. They won, which we all, I, I expected them to win. I just said that there was a chance. But they won. So if you have any doubt about how, in my mind, you don't clearly, but if you have any doubt in, my, in your mind about how valuable Trevor Lawrence is, just look what happened to a, the number one team in the nation when he stepped out. All right, so let me get to my first part. So before this game started, right, it's like, it's like 11 o'clock on Saturday, right? I'm Correct. Just, I'm chilling down, getting ready to you know, crack open a beer, getting ready to watch college football all day, and Coop uh, comes up to me and he's like, he's like, dude, did you know that like, there's a blue moon tonight because it's like the second – full moon in a, in you know a 30 day period and I was like holy cow that's insane once in a blue moon things are going to happen today so in my head at 11:30 I said once in a blue moon Boston College beats Clemson this close and I was so close to being right and I was so jacked up watching this game Coop was getting mad cuz he's a Clemson fan and I was just rooting rooting against him the entire football game second thing 
when you first tweeted that that they would be better, I was on board with it a little bit. I took a I took a shot and almost landed. You did, it. you did, and I and I also heard a lot of people get mad at that at that take. People were people were not were not happy with us saying that DJ would make them worse. Nobody said DJ would make them. Hold on, not hold not worse. On. Yes, sorry, sorry, not worse, but they would not be as good as they were with Trevor. Yeah, and that's true. Yes, they weren't, which I agree with. Yeah. I do think Boston College played a hell of a football game. They looked incredible. They had two top ten touchdown catches and a former Notre Dame quarterback. That dude's tough. He's very good. He was ridiculous. He yes. was the one thing they had Boston College has going for him is that quarterback. Yeah, he's good. Anyways, Heisman front runner. You don't have T Law in there. It's not just me because he couldn't control that. But my thing, he can't control this. I mean, I think if anything, this makes him even more valuable. You see what happens when he steps out? They drop the drop off was like a cliff. I think that shows you how valuable Trevor Lawrence is to Clemson football. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I mean, he's. I think he's clearly the best co- quarterback in college football. Now, I will give you Justin Fields. That's my guy. Justin that man Fields. is playing. That's, that's who I have at the top of mind. Out of his mind. That's who I have at the top of my Heisman watch list. He bullied Penn State. He's ridiculous. He bullied Penn State. He's. He had all that extra time, and he was so angry about the fact that they weren't playing, and they would go out on Saturdays and hold practices while everybody else was playing on Saturdays. So they've had that much time to just get better. I mean, obviously every other team in the Big Ten had the same opportunities. Right, but they scored so fast against Penn State, I like didn't even have time to open and take a first sip of Miller Lite before they had four, They were up 14 nothing. It was insane the speed at which they put touchdowns up. Now granted, Penn State is bad. Penn State's not good, but wow. Yeah, Ohio wow. State's really good. Well, I do have... I do have um, I do. I, I could see Justin Fields being a Heisman front runner. I, go, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if you won it. Now, listen, there's one person up there that actually makes me mad. I don't mind the Trevor Fields debate between Mac one Jones. and two. Thank you. Holy shit. Why? He's not that good. Why? It's not even that he's not that good. Because, like, I mean, he's good. Like, he's not decent. a quarterback. He's, he's decent. He's not a Heisman guy. But, like, he's not an NFL Najee quarterback. Najee Harris is the reason that team is doing as well as they are. Also true. Why is he not up there? Because I think we're in this era where quarterbacks rule all. I get that, but I've we're seen so other running backs we're in the We're so quarterback obsessed. But this goes back to my point, man. Running backs just don't mean that much anymore. They're just no, not as valuable because, as they used to be. Well, no, because the game's moved to a spread look. It's right, all and passes. it really you got doesn't. receivers on the field at right. any given and time. And it really doesn't matter. As long as someone can find a hole, I don't need a superstar running back. I mean, name me the outside of Le'Veon Bell just recently. Who did the Chiefs win the Super Bowl with? A guy who's not even on their team anymore. Oh, yeah, I can't remember his name. Right. Or even you could look at, I mean, obviously they've stuck around that are hurt this year, but the dudes for the 49ers that were with them. Exactly. Those the guys Patriots won Super Bowls with right. James, James White. Exactly. Not even on the team anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, like these guys, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, well, he was he was just better, a, he was a journeyman, journeyman though. He was never an all star. Exactly, running back. he's never been great. He's just able to do. I mean, as a to be a good running back, I mean, yeah, it sounds it's easier said than done, but like you only need like four yards of carry. Right, but like I said, if you went and looked back at the uh, highest paid NFL running backs last year, the first fifteen weren't in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, I and the only one that was actually the number sixteen. Sorry, that camera just made a noise. That's why we looked over yeah, there. For our listeners, we actually are filming now. So if you want to, check us out on YouTube. But the 16th guy was LaShawn McCoy, and he was in the Super Bowl because he was on the Chiefs but didn't really play. That's so that's my point. He was like a third-string running back. Yeah. But moving on. God, this is just another reason my weekend was so great. 
I really couldn't believe this one. I really couldn't believe this one. Wahoo wah, baby. Wahoo wah. UVA, University of Virginia, takes down the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, who Brad told me was going to win the ACC championship, and now they're not even in the top 25. And they just lost to UVA, who hadn't won a game all year. No, I think they won. They had like one win, maybe. Okay, that's so much better. Maybe two. Okay. Anyways, Brad, what do you guys? What do you have to say for yourself? This is a bad week for you. You told me my Steelers were going to lose. They didn't. You told me that uh, the Patriots were going to win. Didn't. And you told me that uh, UNC was going to win the national championship. Or not the national championship. Excuse me. They were going to win the ACC championship despite having lost to Florida State. So your two losses are Florida State and UVA, the two worst teams in ACC football. Yeah. There's nothing left for you, Brad. There's no hope. No. And Let it go. And Let it die. I can't pull the plug. I can't let things die. I don't like. I don't like letting them go. Because I still gotta have hope. You know, I can't just completely drop everything and give up. I have no sympathy when things. When thing. Oh, I just pull the plug on things, man. I don't do the life support. Just this team. Let's take UNC off life support. Pull the plug. Sam Howe, go to the NFL. UNC's still bad at football. All right, bad's aggressive. They're not great at football. That's clear as day. Yeah, but they lost to Florida State, who is aggressively bad at football. I mean, so is UVA. But that, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I what do you don't mean know. you don't know? The, the what do you bad, mean you don't know? The bad thing with this defense, with this team, is the defense. I don't care what anybody says. They had. Yeah, you gave up forty-four to Virginia. Yeah, and right. we also gave up four, thirty-eight, four fourth-down conversions. Thirty-eight mm-hmm. to Florida State. Yeah, I mean, bad football, Bradley. Bad football. Yeah, You're a, telling me this team's going to beat Notre Dame? Not a snowball's chance in hell. Louisville almost beat Notre Dame. So, yeah, I'm okay, going to say okay. there's a chance. I knew you were going to bring that up. And let me tell you what happened. Notre Dame came into that game looking at Louisville like a practice, as they should have. And they're going to do and that they, same thing. Hold on, hold on. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. It's my turn. Notre Dame came into that game trying to work on their passing game. Why? Because they're going to have to throw the football to beat Clemson. That game was so ungodly windy, they had to switch their game plan at halftime, and it grinded the gears a little bit. But that defense only gave up seven points. So it was a hiccup, but it's not a sign of what Notre Dame's going to be because the past two games they won by 30. Well, they're not going to beat UNC by 30. But seven seems reasonable. (sighs) Anyways... Bama's Bama. I don't really know that we need to talk about this anymore. No. And and one of the things, I'm going to talk about this right now because I was going to make it what my thing is, but I changed that up a little bit. But we got to figure something out with college football to get a little bit more variety. I mean, I know that's hard and almost impossible to ask, but it's going to be Bama-Clemson. Again. Fill in. I mean, Ohio State. Ohio State is, is LSU from last year right now. Yeah, they're they're playing hot. They're playing well, but I, I still, I just still, man, Big Ten football versus SEC football. I'm gonna take SEC every time. One hundred percent. And I think Clemson. I take Clemson over them as well. I mean, I think Ohio State's a really good football team. I think maybe Clemson's not the same Clemson they've always been, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, parity in college football just doesn't exist, and it's never going to. I mean, you're never gonna see as long as the Pac-12 doesn't know how to play a lick of defense, they'll never win a national. Or the Big Twelve. They yeah. don't know how to play defense either. Yeah. Nobody knows how to play defense outside of the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, and SEC and ACC. Yeah, 
I mean, those are the three biggest conferences in football. Right. So you're going to get those guys in college football playoff every year. So I don't know what you propose, but I don't have any. I don't know if there is anything to propose. I got It's just kind of like, I love seeing the same thing over. Like, I love, I love Bama. I'm a big Bama guy. I love watching Bama be successful. But, like, well, it's, you know, let's do something. When you keep winning, it's really hard to get recruited against. I know. That's. But I I'm think Alabama's like, advantage, until Nick Saban retires, Alabama's advantage is recruiting and coaching. For Well, and it helps the area that they're at. Yeah. I mean, you get – there's ridiculous talent down there. There's crazy college football in Alabama. We're going to keep it rolling. Texas tops Oklahoma State. I didn't really watch that game because all these games just – Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State I knew is fake. I hate every team in the Big 12. Um they shouldn't be in the top five, period. Not a single one of them. Nope. They're all bad. Um, Michigan State beats Michigan. That one didn't surprise me at all. I called Not that before the game. I've Not never – there's one game, eh, there's upwards of three games a year, that Michigan will lose for no – not necessarily for no reason, but it's a game that they should win. Right. That will show that they're not a good team as everybody expects them to be. John Harbaugh is not as good as we thought he was in college. No. He's just not. And he doesn't have a good quarterback. He's never had a good quarterback. I think he's got a recruiting issue. He's got a recruiting issue for sure. But, I mean, he had – there looked like for a moment he had changed this Michigan program. But Michigan is still just bad. They're not bad, but they're they're just average. They're not a team that's going to compete for a national title. They might win a bowl game. And they're going to get beat by 30 to Ohio State again. Yeah, it's not going to be anything competitive. I mean, that Michigan-Ohio State game is getting really, really lopsided. Yeah, I, I want to cheer for them so bad, but it's hard. Uh, WBU or W? Excuse me, W. Mm, you want to take this one, Brad? West Virginia. There it is. Beats Kansas State. That one caught me off guard a little bit. Just, Actually, caught me off guard a lot because West Virginia's bad. And I thought Clemson or Kansas State had been rolling. It was like the real deal. Yeah, they were. They. I'm not gonna call them the real deal. It was still early. It was still Kansas State, but I mean, they had. They had been beat like they beat Oklahoma. I mean, we have we see t- great, but. we see teams like this all the time in college football. Well, plus it goes back. I mean, that's that's big twelve football game, yeah. ain't it? Yeah. So I mean, that just goes. No back one to knows it. how to play defense. No, right. and and any t- any team in the Big Twelve, especially right now, could win any 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 game. Correct. Okay. Coastal Carolina. They're I tough. Like Coastal. They're I tough. Like Coastal. Did you see that? After, Fifty-two to zero. Did you see after the game? I don't remember. I don't know if it's after this last week or the week before, but they set up like a WWE match in the locker room where they have like some dude dresses the opponent's mascot comes in, and then they literally just. Beat the mess out of them. Really? They, they have somebody like their match. That's pretty cool. It's similar to what the Bucks do, like where the Bucks yeah, do yeah, the WWE yeah, stand, yeah. but it, they're just after the game in their locker room and they just beat the mess out of the mascot. They like they literally did like the Buffalo Bills like through a table. That's awesome. I think sick. Coastal has some cool culture, man. Now I don't. They're going to be a bowl team. They're not. If 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 we start talking about Coastal Carolina in the college football playoff, dude, I'm just going to call it a year. I don't even. know. I'll quit and give up. I'll give the title to. I'll let Clemson and Bama split it. Like they can. They can I don't it. even know. I don't even care. But Coastal Carolina's playing well. They've they've shown that they belong in the uh, FBS, but they're not going to compete with any of these top tier programs. But this helps their recruiting. Big time. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's just hard this year because yeah. everybody's always. It's all in conference sports. So yeah, it's just like, are they gonna? They're gonna make a bowl game and get embarrassed. I hate to say. I wouldn't be surprised. Like they're gonna. I mean, they're playing South Alabama and Georgia Southern, and they might play like LSU in a bowl game. I could see them giving LSU a run. LSU I could see them giving sucks. LSU a run because LSU blows. And before we move on, Ed Orgeron's a bad football coach. 
Yes, he has one good year. He had one yeah, he's year. a bad football he coach. One good year with the best town, most talented team in the country. We all love Coach O. He's such a great guy. He's got that Go Tigers. He's got all of that that New Orleans, you know, vibe. But he's a bad coach. He wasn't hired in a lot of places for you know being a bad football coach. LSU gave him a shot. He walked into one of the best college football teams of all time. He had Joe Burrow, all these best receivers, best defense, all of this. Joe Brady was the one that won them that national title. Let's make that clear, okay? And I was going to lead Carolina to a Super Bowl one day. Ed Orgeron's a bad football coach. We're going to move right into quarter three. We have just some basic storylines. Clayton Kershaw finally wins a World Series, gets out of that playoff slump, and I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. I hate the Dodgers with a passion. Why? Because they're good at baseball? I'm a Red Sox guy. Yeah, and they have Mookie Betts because they uh, snatched him right from y'all, which I know you just hate to see. But I think the Dodgers, this is a long time coming for them. I mean, they've been here a lot. They've won a couple times. And I'm I'm happy to see that they won this after what had happened with the the Texans. You mean with the Astros? Or with... You're lucky it's late, and I'll give you. I am all over the place. See, this is Brad's fault because it's 10:46 on a Monday when we should have been recording yesterday. But sorry, Brad had plans. Brad did have plans. Uh, Anyways, um, I'm happy for Clayton Kershaw. I'm happy for the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are going to be a competitor for a little while longer. And also, they had Joe Kelly, which with that situation we talked about earlier, throwing at Houston. I don't know. I kind of liked the vibe of the Dodgers from that point on. Listen, I will never like the Dodgers. I never have and I never will. Well, you're just a um, hater. Can you give them some credit for winning a World Series? Yeah, I mean, I'll give Kershaw credit for winning a World Series. They did play a bad team. Tampa Bay was better. Tampa Bay played better than they are, if that makes any sense. They should not have been in that World Series. No, and, I mean, obviously, it, it, it came down to where Tampa was just playing well when the playoffs came around, and they played well all the way up to the World Series. The one thing that I think they would have had a shot to win this game if they if the Rays didn't pull Snell. That was one of the worst decisions I've hits. ever seen in my life. I, know, I think that cost them a game. And I actually heard a conspiracy. I know this is old. Like and World then, Series was what last week. Sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Mookie Betts stepped in and said, "Game." But for me, it was this was this was the one conspiracy. You know me and conspiracy theories. You know, like yes, I do. This is the one conspiracy I heard about this game. It was. The MLB had heard about Justin Turner's positive COVID case, and they knew that if they went to a game seven, right, it'd be a mess to finish because there's one COVID case, and now they got to start taking days off because he was in the locker room with everybody, right, right. dug out with everybody. So MLB hits up the Rays and is like, hey, man, we're going to need you to pull him so that y'all don't win this game so that we don't have to worry about a COVID mess. And then they pulled him. Dodgers win. Bullshit. I mean, yeah, probably. I do not believe in teams, and this is the reason – People that are professional athletes. We see a lot of conspiracies in boxings and UFC fights and throwing fights. Professional athletes, whether it be boxing, UFC, NFL, MLB, any professional sports team, none of these guys like losing. None of them do. They're too competitive to like losing. No. (laughs) They made a bad mistake based off the analytics that are taking over baseball right now. They showed that analytics said that you don't want to face a batter for a third time. But if you really look at it, Mookie Betts can't hit a right left-handed pitcher because he's right-handed and struggles with that. So you leave Snell in and you probably win the world. Not win the world. They would win that game. But you you probably push it to a game seven. Instead, you put in a bad pitcher in a bad spot. 
Maybe not even a bad pitcher. You put in a decent pitcher in probably the biggest stage of his life. But in a bad spot. And ask him to overperform, and Mookie Betts does what? Hit a home run. Duh. Like, come on now. you got to know better than that. That was one of the most boneheaded decisions I've ever seen in my life. And this is why I think analytics and sports are getting a little carried away. I'm okay with analytics and sports, but not, but not, not all the time. Sometimes you got to go with your instincts because you've been in this game for long enough to know. Well, you can go back. There was a point yesterday when the Packers decided to go for two at, in the fourth quarter when they were trying to make a little bit of a comeback, you know, trying yep. to come back, which is the reason they lost by six. And they went for it. And I don't, I don't think they got it. I they think got they, it. It was twenty two. It? it was twenty twenty oh, two. All right, then it might not have been that game. But there was another game yesterday that I watched, and I just looked at it, and it was, it was either, it was either they went for two, missed a field, or something like that. And I was like, that was just completely analytic based, take the points, and it, it makes me mad to see all everybody just going straight to let's look at the numbers. Yeah, the yeah, numbers. yeah, yeah. Like, just take a chance or don't take a chance. Sometimes you just got to do what's smart. And that's how you win sports. Data does not always lead to success in sports. I think we've seen a lot of that. But going back to uh, Justin, what is his name? Justin, Justin Turner? Turner. Justin Turner having COVID. He was on the field. Are we going to see suspension for him? What's the deal there? The only I, thing I could see is like a fine. I, th- I see a fine, but I saw, I heard something where they said that he should be, someone said he should be suspended for a quarter of next season. Hold the phone. <laughs> Hold up. The Astros cheated their way to a World Series and gotten. The next to nothing, a tap on the wrist for cheating their way into say, a World if, Series. Even if you find Justin Turner for being on the field, that's more of a punishment. That's what I'm saying. The MLB has a bad consistency rating, whatever it is, for punishment. I understand in this instance, Justin Turner probably shouldn't be on the field right here because of public relations, the optics. It's bad. We're in the middle of a pandemic. If you have COVID, just just celebrate with him in the locker room that way nobody sees it but he was just out on the field interacting touching the trophy kissing the whole thing and he had a positive test and knew he was positive i mean the crazy part to me was he was literally like holding his you know three-year-old child just in his arms just with covid right so with that not to get too in deep into this you know covid topic we don't want to ruffle any feathers but it was a bad look and a bad choice but this suspend him for the quarter of the season and fine him. and No, come on, relax. Just say fine, slap on the wrist, stop. You know not to do that and move about your business. They've got through, they got through a season of baseball. That's all we can really be happy about. I'm surprised they made it. but I am good for Good for MLB to finish the year. Good off. for MLB. Moving on, speaking of playoffs, uh, the NFL today, they're going to put forth a proposal to the board about a 16-team playoff if they're not able to play a Week 18 game based on COVID issues. If you're losing because of COVID affecting your team, there's going to be a 16-team playoffs, eight teams in each conference, seeding one through eight, no bye weeks, and we're going to determine the Super Bowl that way. I kind of dig it, man. I kind of like it. I like it just because that, that'll just mean more football. Yeah, it's I just mean, more football. It's, it's more teams in the playoffs. Now, the no bye week I also like. Bye weeks are dangerous. Because we see this a lot where teams have this like, oh, we're going to sit our guys week 16 and 17, and then we're going to have a bye week, and then we're going to come out flat. I think you just let like, even that last weekend, if you already got your playoff team spot up, at least give those guys a quarter to kind of like get it going and then pull them out. I understand you don't want injuries, but also you pull your momentum. You just suck the momentum out of your own team when you wait that long to play football. So I, I like the idea of not having buys. The no bye week, I think, will be the one reason 
that there's issue with this because I know I've heard listening to interviews, NFL players love the bye week because 16 games is a lot of football. Oh, I mean, it's a lot. Let's be honest. Me and you, we have, we have 10 game seasons, and that's already brutal. And we're not, you, you know. You can't play six more. And we're not 30. And, playing know, against been, exactly. NFL. So, and I know that they really like that bye week. It's just kind of a week to come back, collect yourself, get healthy. But I also see the point where it kind of gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. Like, the Steelers had theirs earlier, and I think that's going to be the best thing for them moving forward, at least the rest of the regular season. Playoff sell, that could be a question mark because they've been think, playing so long. I think middle of the season buys are the best thing. I think what they should do in terms of the bye week is is week eight just have a gap where there's Sunday with no football and then just roll right into the next week. That way every bye week is on the same week and you don't have to, you know, because you deal, when you deal with bye weeks, man, you could have a bye week week four and you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, just like Pittsburgh. Dude. Yeah, theirs wasn't supposed to be there, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I could see them. I don't like that one where there's a Sunday without any football. I think that. Would yeah, be, okay, that was a little bit. Everybody of a would freak out. There should be the bye week should be set up to where they're more middle of the season. Say they could do not they so could do two bye weeks out. or something like that. Yeah, it's like half the league and half the league, or play 17 games and have two bye weeks. I'm so down for that. I would love 17 games. Give me 20. <laughs> Give me as many as we can play while but, the people players yeah, are still there. That's that's the that's the one thing. Um, speaking of some schedule changes, uh, the NBA we're talking about starting before Christmas. I have always wanted the NBA to play shorter seasons. Love the seventy two games, but starting Christmas Day is the best idea for them. And we've talked about this a lot. Why? Because the NBA is constantly competing with NFL. Excuse me, constantly competing with NFL football. They're constantly competing with NFL football. And guess what? You're going to lose the NFL football 10 times out of 10 times out of 10 times, eight days a week, twice on Sundays. You're going to lose the NFL. If you go to Christmas, the NFL plays on Thanksgiving. Their Super Bowl is in February. So this, like, December 25th spot is not really a big football day. But it's also at night. If you own Christmas Day to start the season, that's money in your pocket. And it's great for us fans because Christmas Day, I'm going to open up presents, watching the NBA start. And then after I've opened up presents and had some food, had some turkey, little cocoa, little little Christmas drinky drink, little... little uh, some of that eggnog. Yeah, so mm. that, some of that eggnog action. We watch football. That's not sound like a great sports day right there. I mean, yeah, I'm all for this start on Christmas. And please, for the love of God, no more 82 games. Stop it. I just, I am very skeptical on it happening this year. I don't think it's going to happen this year because it's going to be such a bang bang turnaround. No, yeah, I think you heard Danny Green say that, yo, if they start in December, deuces, like we're not going to be there. Yeah, like 90% of the league will not be there. And I'm, I'm, you know, at first I was like, man, I don't like that. But then I was like, man, they like just finished, and December is like almost practically. I mean, it's October, November, December. You get three months off. I mean, a lot of teams have had a lot longer off than that. I mean, yeah, there's been teams off since March. Yeah, but for teams that have just, like, finished, I bet, I mean, I know LeBron's exhausted. I know Jimmy Butler's exhausted. I could see them at least – I. it's hard because, like, you got to see how they're going to work it. Because with the playoffs, you know, starting in April, normally in a normal season, pushing the start date back in order to get back to – I mean, if they, if they want to do this Christmas start – for next season, plan it ahead for next season, and then plan the start date of this year off of that. Play a shorter season, maybe start in February. Start it when the All Star break would have been. Well, and not necessarily play half. Not not play half. Then you, you got to play like sixty two games. 
I mean, I mean I'm cool. I'm cool with sixty. I'm cool with like seventy-two, eighty. The eighty-two game season's way too many. Yeah, but what if what but if a sixty-eight game season? That's kind of like man, we're gonna start getting hurt. Situation. But what if they keep it at the seventy-two and with move move the start date back? Right, you can move it back to February, end of January, whatever. Give them an extra month. Are you going to continue to push back the end date of the playoffs? I was going to say, but you only have to push it back a month, and you're already starting. If they plan for the December start, they can start in December of that year. So your playoffs are done in July because they're usually done at the beginning of June or middle of June. So you can end in mid July. Then you have August to December. I like that. No, that's actually a good idea. So you're saying punt this Christmas start to next yes, season. Yes, move this start. Don't worry about starting at Christmas yeah, this year. Yeah. You can start in February when the All-Star break would have been. You can start at the end of January. Yeah. I like that. You can I like that. push the schedule back a little bit and then start fresh next year when everybody's on an equal break. I think that's a great idea because, I mean, this COVID thing is going to affect all of us for a long time, especially sports. I mean, I don't think we're going to see sports be the way they were for a couple years now. But I do – I. The one thing I'm on board for, start Christmas, play 72. It gives the season a better sense of urgency. And a Christmas Day start, you can dominate that day and make millions because you're going to lose to football, like I said. Well, plus it's it's that beginning of the season when things aren't as interesting in basketball because there's so many games. Even with 72, it'll still be the same. The first couple games, people are going to watch the first games because they want to see people back. But the next few weeks after that, they don't watch much basketball because none of it really matters. Right. And it'll be perfect because if they start at Christmas, that first couple weeks is NFL playoffs. Correct. So you get once the NFL playoffs are off and basketball starts hitting heavy, that's right after the season's over and then everybody's into it. And all the games matter because it's shorter. Right. Staying with the uh, NBA, Gobert to the Celtics. The Celtics said that they're uh, targeting Gobert to bring him to the team. Do you think he makes them a contender? I think yes. I mean, they're already a contender. He definitely helps them out a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a position at the center spot that they're definitely lacking. Lacking. Yeah, and he lot. would be a great defensive add-on for them. It would be huge on defense. And they're already a very sound defensive team. Yeah, and I so honestly you, think this has potential to be the difference between them out in the Eastern Conference Finals and them out in the Finals. I think you put this team against the Heat. They're beating that team. They're, they're beating, beating that Heat team. Yes, they're 100% beating that Heat team. Are so. they beating this, the Lakers? Probably not. Yeah, but I do like I do like that combo of Jason Tatum and um, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I just lost the words there. Um, Stan Van Gundy, the Pelicans. And... I mean, I'm not super high on it. I was expecting this to be the case. I figured that's where, where the Pelicans were going to go. He's already started to move a couple of his guys around. I mean, I think the Pelicans are still going to be the Pelicans. Obviously, how he uses Zion this year, uh, if Zion can stay healthy. I mean, obviously, he had, you know, just some reoccurring stuff from college coming into his rookie year. Got hurt early. We'll just have to see. I mean, they're still a young team, very young team. So, I think that's what gives them the most potential is their players. But I don't know that this makes a huge difference for them as a franchise. I don't think it does either. Um, Quickly, before we move on to my thing is, it says Will Fuller getting traded here, but... Instead of that, why don't you just give me your best trade that you think could happen? My best trade? I, what are you looking for? An all-around or just like a like a one-sided who could win potentially? Like for me, I think the Packers should go get Will Fuller or Amari Cooper. I think the, those are the two guys they need to be targeting before the trade deadline. Because Aaron Rodgers needs another weapon. And I like the Steelers picking up Avery Williamson because it adds depth at the linebacker position to an already good defense. So I liked that. But Will Fuller needs to be in Baltimore or Green Bay, 100%. Will Fuller in Baltimore would be raw. Disgusting. If they could get That would be disgusting. That team, that team I'm f- afraid of. I would be very afraid of them. Um, 
I don't know who I could see. I mean, there's been a lot of talk. The one guy I'd like, I would like to see traded the most, I think. If we're going to look at it this way, the one guy I would like to see traded the most is David Njoku. Because I think he oh. has the potential to be a very good tight end somewhere. And I'm looking on here. They got talk uh, for him in Carolina, which I would love. Carolina lacks a tight end. We just lost Greg Olson, who was consistent for many years. That would be huge. Talking Arizona, who I don't even know their tight end is. So that would obviously help, especially with Larry Fitzgerald and um, D-Hop out of receiver. Or even Philly, which I don't like the Philly move. Zach Ertz. He needs to get out of Philly. But they have Dallas Goddard, who played well before his injury. So I'll be curious to see. I would like to see David Njoku leave um, to where God knows I love it in Carolina because I was hoping for Eric Ebron in Carolina. But you know where he's at now. In the venerable Pittsburgh. But the, other one, the other one that I found interesting would be Ryan Kerrigan. He does want out. Now that is a steal if somebody can go get him. I just don't know. The problem is, is where. the problem. Well, it's not even where the problem Seattle. is. Seattle, but the problem is the trade. What is what does Seattle have that Washington's going to want? A receiver. I gave up Tyler Lockett for Ryan Kerrigan in a heartbeat. If you're if you're, you know, if you're Washington, I would give him up because you're in the hunt for the playoffs. But what does making the playoffs do you besides nothing? No. Playing yourself out of a pick. They should be perfectly okay with it. Ryan Kerrigan's what? He's got to be 30, isn't he? Yeah, he's old towards the end of his contract. They're starting Chase Young over him. Just get him out. Get some pieces for him. Because of all teams, Seattle needs pass rushing. They just went and and got Carlos Dunlap. Go get Ryan Kerrigan, too. I mean, for real. Um, Moving on, we're going to move on to My Thing Is. Guys, look, we have such a great graphic for My Thing Is. Shout out to Brad Jeffers on that. My venerable co-host. Brad, you want to know what My Thing Is? What is your thing? The Saints at this point are playing off reputation, and they're not gonna. They're gonna either miss the playoffs or lose in the first round. The Saints have really struggled with some of the dregs of the NFL. They've struggled with the Bears. They've struggled with the Chargers. They've struggled with really every team they've played. They have not played a. They have not had a dominating performance all year this year. Drew Brees looks a step slower. He looks a step off. The ball's not coming out as quick or hard. There's no velocity. His arm strength has clearly declined. There's issues with Michael Thomas. There's injuries all across the board. There's COVID with Emmanuel Sanders. That defense is not playing well at all. They have all the pieces to be a Super Bowl team but fail to execute. They have the quarterback, the coach, the defense, the receivers. There's no reason this team shouldn't win a Super Bowl, but they don't. And I don't know really what it is. There's not anything I can put my finger on to say this is why they're not winning a Super Bowl. But I can tell you that this team right now, the only reason we're talking about them as contenders is because they're the Saints. And they have a recent history of being successful in making the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl in the past decade. But right now, this team is playing off reputation, and they're headed towards the Aints more than they're headed towards the Super Bowl. I agree with that completely. I don't like the Saints, and I think it's solely for me it's because of Michael Thomas. I think if they have Michael Thomas, they give – and Emmanuel Sanders, they give Drew Brees legitimate weapons on the outside to throw to. I mean, he has Alvin Kamara, and Alvin Kamara's been playing well. But other than that, they're not doing much. This defense isn't very highly praised. I mean, you know, what do we really know about this Saints defense? Nothing. I don't know. Exactly. Like, they're not something that catches your eye every Sunday. They're not something that we're consistently talking about or anybody's consistently talking about for that matter. So I'm all for that. I, as a Panthers fan, don't like the Saints. I'm cool with them missing in the playoffs. So I, but, and I, the reputation thing I agree with, 
But I still think that you can put them in a conversation as a playoff contender outside of their reputation, just because I think they still have a little bit more talent than a lot of teams in the league. Yeah. But I do think a lot of the hype around them, if you can even call it hype, is because they're the Saints. All right. Brad, what's your thing? Well, my thing is that uh, ye old Ohio State and Justin Fields are going to win themselves a natty this year. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility because I don't think Bama is the way Bama usually is, and I don't think Clemson is the way Clemson usually is, and there's a lot of things that could happen with COVID. If Ohio State stays healthy, man, that's a dangerous football team. Now, for me, it's it's got a couple things. So Clemson is not the Clemson team that we've seen the past two years. Are they still a great football team? Yes. Do not get me wrong. I'm not here bashing Clemson in any way, shape, or form. I think Clemson is a decent football team. But... Ohio State looks really good. They've played two really really good weeks of football. Justin Fields looks, you know, at the top of his game. I mean, he's only played two games, so we haven't seen a whole ton. But they put the work in on Penn State. They put the, what did they play, Nebraska the week before, which didn't even really matter at all. I mean, Ohio State was in dominant control that game. And like we said, Bama, yeah, they're Bama. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're probably going to be the one of the two seed going going into the game. Will they play in the Natty? I don't know. Will they win the first player game? I don't know. But I think the one team everybody should be looking out for is the Ohio State Buckeyes, and I think they're going to run away with one of the games in the playoffs this year. I think you're probably right about that. Guys, that is a wrap on episode 10 of Four Quarters. Oh, yeah. Guys, we're on episode 10. That's crazy. But episode trying to throw a party. We are trying to throw a party. So if y'all want to throw a party, we'll put it on Twitter. Just let us know. But episode 10, we're going to throw a party. Uh, Brad... Hit your closer, whatever it is. Patriots are going twelve and six. Or, 12 and or six. ten and six. They're or playing eighteen six. games now. <laughs> ten and six. They're making the playoffs. They're making the playoffs? Yeah, if they go twelve and six. Cap. Alright, everybody, let's have a week. Let's have a week, folks. Don't let me into my zone. Don't let me into my zone. I'm definitely in my zone.